Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. This is an abnormal Boggy Talk if you're watching with us uh, online. And well, of course, you'd be watching us online. I don't know why I said that. See, this is why you do welcome, Justin. (laughs) Because I've already messed up the welcome. Already messed it up. Why well, are you doing the intro? I, I'm doing the intro because you sound a little like a, strange. I sound like a sick cow is what I sound like. Sick I cow. Man, I like have picked up some kind of uh, virus. And so I my throat has been clogged and uh, I've been coughing. Uh, so hopefully I don't uh, cough too much during this. But... I'm, really, I'm not in the office because I don't want to share this with anyone. Thank you. I'm very surprised by your knowledge of bovine disease. You know, a little experience growing up in Georgia, uh, okay. working the working the farm when the grandpa. So we, we, is, I, I should have said pig because we fed pigs, not cows. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that Dr. Jeff Waits would be able to educate us on whether or not you really sound like a disease right. or pig. He listens to Boggy Talk. Yeah. So maybe we'll... <laughs> so those those who are watching us get to see like when you pause i'm like muting to cough and uh yeah. so those yeah, who are hopefully it won't happen anymore I'm, I'm definitely on the uptick thankfully to uh some some wonderful medicines that uh, a doctor friend in our church hooked me up with so marijuana yeah you know so if i sound a little loopy uh that's <laughs> because i'm so chill right now well some of our uh members might be wondering what you're smoking to get rid of the hymnal no man, you actually that was that was long gone before you got. Yeah, it. that was that was that was way before me. So I, I can't take the fall for that one or the organs. People with the organs, organ. me too. That was before me too. So or the yeah. organ or the moving to screen. Well, that's the same thing. Or the change yeah. in the carpet. Yeah, there's so many things. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I well, just, that's I not just what we're talking about. That that's not what we're talking about on Boggy Talk. So. That is not what we're talking about today. What we are talking about today is follow up on the sermon from this past Sunday, really talking about the difference of really relying on ourselves versus relying on God. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, if you ask the question to any Christian, do you rely on yourself or to God? They're like, oh, I rely on God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, because I think initially and intellectually we do at least. Uh, But do we really? And uh, you hit some points in your sermon this past week on really what it means to not just trust in God for salvation, but for all of life and that he alone is our source of righteousness for all things. And uh, so, yeah, why don't we dive in? Why don't you just start with kind of the, 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 uh, I guess the drugs are messing with my brain too. The, the, the 30,000 foot view of the sermon oh, and okay. uh, some of the points okay. you brought in. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. Then we'll get down to where the pigs eat, right? That's we'll right. So, yeah. Right. Feed the pig so, slop. No, I, yeah, we're talking about this because this is something I really do wish I had a little bit more time to talk about on Sunday. I mean, every Sunday, there's just so many places you can go in terms of explaining the text and then also how the text applies. And, you know, I, I began by explaining there's this tension, I think for people in our church, but also for people in our church in their conversations with some other Christians about like being centered around the gospel. And then also like the people who want blessing, who want to see God work. And I was trying to really get to the point that there, there really isn't a tension. Like the tension is created by us when we think that we are blessed apart from being centered around the gospel. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so like, 
what happens in that, like that's kind of subtle, but what happens in that is then we begin to really rely on ourselves to manifest what we think are the blessings of God instead of really relying and trusting on him. So that's, the, that's kind of the big picture. Um, and then I think, you know, you really got to get into, and hopefully we'll flesh this out a little bit, you know, are we actively trying to be people who do rely on ourselves and trust in ourselves instead of trusting in God? And either A, we begin to redefine blessing, or B, we begin to try to redefine God's timing, um, or C, we just try to do it in a way that is our way and not God's way. So what we're trying to do, the end is right, but the means aren't right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you, something you said earlier, you said about like we we experience the blessing and we like start to attribute that to ourselves, maybe that's God. And this is like the centrality of the blessing being around the gospel. What would that practically look like in our lives? Yeah, that, so that's a great question. I, th- I think that, um, you know, some things would be so like, desiring desiring marriage if you're single is not a bad desire right like there's nothing wrong with desiring to be married but we might elevate the blessing of marriage over the blessing of being faithful to god oh yeah that's good and so then what is going to happen is either we're going to idolize marriage we're going to rush into marriage we're going to marry the wrong kind of person because we aren't really we aren't really trusting god you know and i'm not saying that his grace doesn't cover all that sometimes but that that would be an example or financial freedom like there is nothing wrong with wanting to be financial financially free um but same thing we might begin to idolize money we might begin to uh redefine what it means to be blessed we might begin to um, we might go about it the wrong way. And so again, it's not necessarily like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it rarely looks like, yeah, he didn't trust in God. So he went out and he started a, a porn, you know, shop and a strip, you know, like it doesn't. Right, right, right. Like I think that's like a very obvious answer. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so, and I think, I think this is where we really have to be careful is we can be religious. And because we're religious, we think, of course, the way I'm going about it is right. So I give 10% to God, right? So what I do with the rest of my 90%, like, of course, I'm God's in control. It's like, mm-hmm. God wants to be in control of 100%, not not 10%. So does, does, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think, you know, going back to what you said about marriage, like, we, we can rush into marriage, all those, all those things, and marry the wrong kind of person. On the flip side, too, idolizing marriage. As, as a means of blessing, really, what does that say to the single person that, you know, like if right. you're not married, then there's something deficient in you that there's, and that's not the case necessarily. Um, or, you know, someone who does it with money to say that well, people who have less, just they haven't done as, they haven't worked as hard as you or don't have it, you know, it's just, you in, in, inevitably uh, denigrate the other side of that. Yeah. So, so, you know, I guess, I guess I would say that the question would be like, how do we know if that's us? Um, because, because our heart will deceive us. The heart above all else is deceitfully wicked. So, you know, I, I think we need to guard ourselves, you know, guard your heart for it is wellspring of life. Proverbs 423. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to be guarding ourselves from this inclination yeah. to take it upon ourselves to be blessed, to bring the mm-hmm. blessing to ourselves. Does that make sense? I keep yeah, saying this, that makes sense because, um, 
Hey, I'm talking a little more normal because you coughed half the time. Because I'm over here mooing. <laughs> You're mooing. And B, I, I think that we're trying to explain something that really is so nuanced in a very succinct way. Yeah, I think it does make sense. I think that we do have to guard against it. And how do we how do we guard against it? I think there's the obvious ways that that maybe we we even like take some of the things that we think are obvious. Well, you should be in God's word and renewing your mind. Well, even then, you know, like you've got to be in the word like the right way. I hate to say it worded that way, but not reading with your own filter, not reading because I think a lot of times like we feel a certain way and because our heart is deceitful, we'll find passages that in our own interpretation of them affirm what we already want to be true rather than letting the words change us. So reading, reading the word in context and with accountability with other people, you know, like being a part of a church and, and a life, or life group or small group or group of believers that are, you know, yeah, like holding each other accountable to these things. Um, having people who will ask you those hard questions and, and help you sift through and not just who will just come to you with those questions, but people that you can go to with those questions. Mm-hmm. Say you're, you're wrestling with something like, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. I just been wrestling with this. You know, I just, I appreciate anytime somebody does that because I just like, there's someone coming to me with a question. They're just looking for input or they're looking for my thoughts. Kind of recognize they're, they're starting with humility, you know? And I think that's the key in all this is you're starting with this posture of humility, not this posture of pride. And I think that's probably a root of a lot of this is that our, our efforts to, to earn or keep God's blessing are rooted in pride thinking that we can actually earn or keep his blessing by what we do yeah that's so good you know i think i'm also very proud of you that you went that long of a stretch without coughing i know i was impressive (laughs) yes we hope for sunday yeah so i i just said i think some questions that we should ask ourselves and others should ask us is do we feel the need to prove ourselves like i think if Mm -hmm. we're constantly trying to prove ourselves to others then, um, you know, that's stemming from some insecurity, lack of faith, uh, just outright arrogant. So I think that's an important question. Um, and you know that, like, you know, I, if you if you find yourself like bragging, you know, and it's usually Christians. It's like a subtle, humble brag. Right. Like, you know, yeah. low brag. Like, I think, am I doing that? Um, do I feel, find the need to defend myself all the time? Um, and I'm not saying, you know, you don't need to protect yourself from, you know, bad people. We're not getting into that stuff. I'm just saying, like, do I feel like I can't let I can't let there be a possibility that someone thinks the wrong thing of me? And I have to even be proactive to make sure people don't think the wrong thing of me. And like as a leader, you know, I'm, I'm always like, look, the truth will come out, you know, and and, and so that's right. something that has had to sift through me. And then I would also just say, are you worried? Like if you are if you are a child of God. I mean, Matthew six tells us like he loves us, like, and he takes care of us more than he takes care of the birds and more than he takes care of, you know, so many things. So, um, you know, I, I just really think we have to ask, am I anxious about tomorrow, money, marriage, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And trusting him that he is sufficient, that even if we do mess up, like his grace is sufficient in that too. Yeah, um, and that's that's hard to to grapple with. As we were talking, as we were talking through this uh, and plans for this, something came to mind. Just in terms of this, like thinking we can earn things and keep things, and and what our what our motives are. Uh, and it was this. I heard uh, John Piper a long time ago at a conference talk about pride, and someone was asking him, like, "How do you, as a pastor who's experienced success, walk? Uh, how do you avoid being prideful? Because I think a root of a lot of this is pride, like we talked about, and 
and what you just talk about trying to prove yourself, like mm -hmm. trying to, to validate yourself. And he said, well, I give, I have a list of 10 things that I pray through uh, every day to keep myself humble. And I found that list. So I wanted to, I'm not going to read the, like everything he wrote because just like he uh, writes and, and preaches, his list is like <laughs> really long. Um, but the, just really quickly, the first thing he calls to mind that he's not self-existent. Only, only God is self-existent. So remembering that in prayer, remembering that we by nature are sinners and that in all my sinning, I have treated God with contempt and preferring other things to his glory. So like repenting mm -hmm. um, uh, and then meditate on the scriptures, pray that the eyes of my heart would see the biblical truth for what they really are. Um, ask God not just to help me see them, but to feel them with a sense of meekness and lowliness. Renounce the desires for praise and notoriety. Uh, receive all criticism from friend, friend or fro with the assumption there, there could be something in there for me. Uh, strive to cultivate joy in Christ. And finally, turn to old writers of the faith, because certainly I did not get here on my own. And that's, those are my cliff notes versions. But um, I just think that's, those are great steps, great practical tools for this. Um, remembering that like we are held by God, not we're not holding ourselves up to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, the echoed in there, and I think maybe kind of just wrapping this up is I would just say, yeah, being in the word and not only being in the word, but having people in sh who are asking you how the word is sinking in your heart is the best answer. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, kind of the close of the sermon, like just know that, you know, Romans 8, 18, if, if Christ did not, if God did not spare his own son, how will he not with him graciously give us all things? Like if there's any doubt that God is for you and any doubt that God, even in the midst of why is he not doing what I thought, think he should do, or why is it not going the way? Like, remember the cross like that, that just seals the deal. Like God is for me and he is taking care of me. So, um, yeah, we, we, I, I think so much of our identity and our issues and our sin is tied to this. And so, you know, if you're work, walking through something, like, let us help you find a life group, meet with one of our pastors. Like we want to help you, uh, in this. So, all right, well, we're going to move on to some questions. So I think there's two questions to answer, uh, this week. And, uh, I'm going to start with, uh, you kind of answering this one, Justin. So be prepared, you know, do your vocal warm ups or whatever you got to do right now. Um, but the first question is, uh, okay. So we just had our foster and adoptive, you know, informational meeting, right. Um, what, is it look like? What is the process like? So if I were to, this is from someone who didn't go, I'm assuming if I were to um, want to foster or adopt, like, are you going to hand me a baby Monday? Like what, what's going to happen? You know? So what does that process look like for somebody? What we're going to do in that meeting and specifically what it looks like afterwards, we're going to connect you with agencies that uh, walk with you through this process. Uh, you know, whether you're, if you're pursuing foster care, the first step is there's classes to take. Uh, there's a series of classes. Uh, most agencies offer them online now, but you do have to complete them. Uh, you know, we recommend our, our our church families to license through one more child simply because they do a great job walking with families during the process and after, uh, even while you're fostering. Um, I'm also on the board for more child, so I'm a little partial. I can admit that. Uh, and then um, as you're doing that, you begin the home study process. They interview you. There's questions to fill out. And then they're just, you know, making sure that you're a suitable family. And then um, there's the pro after after your license, basically, you will get a call uh, very, very soon because there's such a need. Uh, that process can take it really depends on you. 
um, and how quickly you are go through the application and training. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, it could be a couple of months up to several months uh, uh, for foster care. Uh, I, I should say a couple. It's, it's at least several months, but could be longer depending on you and like the caseworker you're studying, their case that who's doing your work in case study and all that. For adoptions through the state, it's a little different because there's a longer matching process and it just takes a lot longer. So I think a lot of times people assume that uh, there's there's all these waiting children and that that's going to be a quick process. And though it can be a very quick process, uh, we heard the story of the Project family and their process was pretty quick. However, they had already done a lot of legwork, legwork leading up to it. Um, it often is easier too, right? Teenagers, it's going to be a teenager. So yeah. yeah, if you, you know, if you, I always tell people that if you and your mind are planning to, to adopt and you want to adopt, adopt a baby, foster care in the state's probably not the way to go about that because it's probably not going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. does it happen? Yes. But yeah. is it rare? Incredibly rare. Simply because most children who are born into and, and ten removed at birth uh, it's because it's because of uh, drugs or histories or patterns of abuse, and there's older siblings involved. And the state's going to want to keep sibling groups together. That's their first. They always try to do that first. So, um, if you're interested in adopting an infant, we recommend going the private route. Uh, and that process uh, from your classes and uh, stuff to be ready to adopt, uh, you know, at several months involved there. Probably, I would say an average of four to six months once you start to finish. However, then, you know, the wait time totally depends upon um, you and your family, what you're open to uh, in terms of needs, ethnicity, and and honestly, the the agencies they they're not out recruiting moms to give their to place their children for adoption. They're out providing services, and when it's necessary, they have to have a birth mom come to them who wants to place. So it really is. I don't want to say like a. If there's a huge need, if they're working with several birth bombs, um, it could be a short wait time, but it could also be a long wait time. You really just do not know. Um, international adoption is going to vary by country. It can take, I would plan at a minimum nine months, but probably more like a year and a half, given the way the world is right now. So that's yeah. kind of what is going on now. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple, just recapping a couple things is, you know, you go to an informational meeting and we just have one Sunday night. We'll be having one again, you know, shortly. Um, that's really, I think just helping you have an understanding of all that's going on. And our big heart is for you to understand you are not alone. And I think right. that's one of the biggest things is, you know, whether it's foster care adoption, like you need a community, um, not only in the process, but as you keep moving forward. And so we want to connect you to that community. And then, uh, you know, you're going to go through some kind of training, uh, you know, yeah. whichever it is you're doing. Um, and you know, I, I, I think you need to pray if you're if you're like very close tight, like this is all we'll do. Like, I, I think you need to pray about that. Um, but but I would also say, you know, don't. You know, be praying about that, but also you don't need to feel like you need to instantly say, yes, we will take Zedra 18, you know, stay with what you think. Right. right. Not got like for us, you know. God really did just kind of keep opening up. We'll say, yeah, we'll be more, more open to this. We're more open to this, more open to this. And so I, I think it's okay to kind of ease into it. Um, and that's why I do think you need people, especially in foster care, you know, or if you're adopting older who will say, Hey, but didn't you feel like this was all you were okay with? Because, you know, understandably those in certain agencies would be like, Hey, but there's this kid and they need somebody. And they're just trying to find that kid 
Right, right. You know, they're doing their job. They're trying to find a family right, for this. Right. Yeah. And, and you don't you don't need to put yourself in a situation where you can't, you know, handle it. And right. you need people that tell you you're not a sinner for thinking like that. You know? Right. Well, I remember our, our caseworker, even when we were, uh, you know, when we started our process, we were adopting internationally uh, and we ended up not adopting internationally. It was domestic adoption. And, um, you know, one of the things they talked to us at your fellow application is you have to list like, what are you open to? What are you not? And you feel you do feel bad when you yeah. say we're not yeah. into this. But for us, a lot of those questions came to, well, we live in the panhandle and we don't have access, right. you know, and our insurance does, we don't have access to some of the need, some of the doctors that right. would specialize in this without, uh, you know, being five hours away. And right. while we would, we would do that for our kids, we knowingly taking that on would, you know, in ministries would not be a wise choice. Right. And we just, that was a practical decision we made. And, you know, like that, so you, but did that mean we felt good checking that? No, like, yeah. but it could, you're exactly right. You need people to bounce that off of and to help you just, you know, like, it is an emotional thing. And we, we, we are sometimes emotional decisions are okay, but we don't want to make every decision about this emotionally. Uh, we want to also think, you know, with logic and plans and boundaries and a lot of wisdom from the spirit and from the body of Christ speaking into us. Yeah. And I, I would just say too, like, God, you don't need to like walk into an adoption and informational meeting with like, this is the destination we're called to like this, right. this child or these amount of child. In fact, I would say if you are, I think you're more thinking about your vision of completing your family than what God, God providing a child a family. So, mm -hmm. so I would even say if you do have it, like God has put, you know, I want to be careful here, but most of the time when people say that they just have some vision of something they've seen on TV. Yeah. But I do think like the question for you is God calling you to move forward in the process. So like, you know, one step at a time and, and, and he'll, he'll show you like, don't move forward anymore. This is not the right timing. And I think that's good advice in anything, but um, anything else you want to say before we move to the next question? Yeah. If you missed the meeting, just feel free to reach out to us uh, and we'll get you in touch with somebody. Like We will be glad to talk to you or one of the team members just to help give you resources. Uh, just because you missed the meeting doesn't mean you can't move forward. We can point you in the right direction. All right. One more question we had, um, and that was, uh, what are our thoughts on someone getting rebaptized or baptized again? Specifically, they were baptized when they were young. And, you know, they question whether or not they meant it. Um, and so should they get baptized again? Um, and then there was also like the follow up question. People get like baptized in the Jordan River and these kind of things. And so uh, I'm going to I'll kind of take the lead here to give you a break. Mm -hmm. Before. Um, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, you, you only need to get baptized once. Baptism in the Bible is uh, something you do after you make a profession of faith. That's all you see it for in the Bible. Um, and so, you know, our, our belief would be if you were baptized before you came to that point. So if you were an infant or you were a young child or, uh, you know, even if you were a teenager and you just did it because somebody else was doing it, then yes, now you understand you profess faith in Christ, you should get baptized. I'm not saying baptized again, because I don't really think that was baptism in the first place. I've told people, you know, who kind of question their decision. Um, ultimately, that's up to you. Um, but if, if you know you what decision you were making at 13 or eight years old, and now you just have a better understanding of it, you don't need to get baptized again. However, you know, if you really just are wrestling with that, um, I would just let that be a part of your testimony. You say, hey, and we've done that here, you know, where somebody mm -hmm. says, hey, when I was eight, I walked them out, you know, or I was at this and I made this decision. And, you know, I, I think 
I was sincere and here, but I walked away and, you know, here's a story. And today I know this, you know, I mean, God's grace is big. So, um, you know, I, I, I would, I would support that. Um, but just getting rebaptized because it makes me feel closer to God. Yeah. That's, that's actually, I would say that's bad. Mm. <laughs> and you there's lots of churches that, because it looks good to have a lot of baptisms. I mean, sometimes encourage that. Anybody else want to come on you? Anybody? Yeah, just come do it right. Like yeah. baptism services that you see. Yeah. Personally, I just think that de-emphasizes just the final work of Christ and the sealing of the Holy Spirit upon baptism, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I want, if I go to Israel and I hope to at some point, I'm not getting baptized in the Jordan because I've already been baptized. I don't need that. Jesus don't dwell yeah. in Jordan or at Asbury Seminary or Jerusalem yeah. or, you know, I mean, he's, he's in me. Like, so I, I, I would just say, I, I mean, fine. I'm not mad at you, but I don't like it. I really don't like it. Yeah. Cause it's like, <laughs> what is, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, there's a command to be baptized, you know, and, yeah. and to do it again, just to feel closer. It's kind of like, that's not the point. It's not yeah. the point. It's this outward symbol of what God's done. And I think it's just, uh, you know, that's why we don't do, you know, spontaneous baptisms. That's why yeah. we, before we baptize somebody, we want to, we meet with them. And, um, you know, sometimes people ask us, like, why do you guys want to do a video of everybody? Well, it's because we really want people to articulate, mm-hmm. be able to articulate, even a child. Um, and of course, there are, just so people know, there are special circumstances. We don't make everybody do a video. Um, we really try to coach people through that so that they can. And it's really stress free. But there are some times where we just say, this is going to be too difficult for this person mm-hmm. uh, because of needs. And that's okay. Like we're, it's not, we're not going to be legalistic about that because it's, the Bible doesn't say that you have to make a video, but we should be in our own way, be able to articulate our faith and share the gospel and uh, share it for sure what Christ has done for us. So yeah, um, that's why we do the videos and why we don't do spontaneous ones because we want to, it was like, we really want to talk to people before they make that decision and that step of obedience. Man, so. that's good. Yeah. And if you have questions about your baptism, your walk with Christ, like, when I, we always say we'd love to talk to you. I don't think there's anything we'd love to talk to you about with more than this. So yeah. uh, please uh, reach out to us. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you were supposed to do the game, but you've been sick. I got you? it. Oh, I man. It. It's a Good. short one. But uh, OK, so I've got uh, since we were talking about relying on self versus relying on God. Uh, I kind of this is the middle ground. This is a game where you got to rely on someone else. Okay. And you have to choose who you'd rather rely on. Oh, no. Uh, so, <laughs> this um, all kinds of places. Some of it's kind of a would you rather. So uh, some of them okay. are silly. And um, all right. So we'll start with. What if this. what if they were all you or somebody and you were just trying to see how. <laughs> That's how what I'm just setting you up. Yeah. <laughs> and then you chose me for none of them, but I'd cry. <laughs> uh, all right. So if you were cut off from the Internet and the world and had to rely on only one person to give you information about what's going on in the world, going on in the world, okay. who would you choose? Jerry Springer, <laughs> the cast of The View, or a middle school student? Well, uh, a middle school student will speak so authoritatively <laughs> about things that are very subjective. Um, and so will The View. And <laughs> Especially it's so with The View. They'll be slanted as well. So I'm going to go with Jerry Springer. Hey, um, I think that's of, of the other of choices. That's probably the best option. Yeah, I don't you know. might sensationalize I mean, it, but I mean, yeah. I mean, before yeah. he got into before he got into you know trash TV, he was a, the mayor of Chicago. So I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, he's got some 
I'm sure he's got some opinions, but yeah, uh, anyway, okay. Which shows my low view of some of these things. So that's funny. <laughs> Our middle right. school audience is greatly offended. Thankfully, yes, our, middle school, our middle school audience is zero. So, yes, except our kids in the car. Yeah, I was going right, to say somebody's probably listening with their parents. Somebody's That's probably listening right. with their parents and like, wait, what? Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> All right. Next, you and Christy go out for a date, and you tell the kids you want the house clean, and they all need to be in bed by eight thirty when you get before you get back. Who is the kid most likely to actually clean? And which kid is most likely to actually be in bed? Not counting your younger two. Uh, Cameron is definitely our oldest. Is definitely going to clean. He's going to he's going to achieve uh, the goal. And uh, the most likely to be in bed uh, is probably uh, Nate. But really, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, so, he's like I'm done with people. He, he, yeah, he'll probably go to bed like the minute we see. You know, he sees our cars and and you know our lights pulling in. But yeah. right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, it's funny. I can't, camera strikes me as like, he would do all the chores and then stay up and be like, well, I stayed up late because I figured you would reward me for doing all the chores. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. He he would rationalize why our, our logic for going to bed was not wise. Yeah. So anyway. Nice. Yeah. All right. If you were surrounded by bad guys and it was you and this celebrity against a mob of 10, who would you choose as your fighting partner? Chuck Norris in his prime, because he's old now, but in his prime, or The Rock. Chuck Norris, man, come on. Yeah. Come on. Chuck Norris don't even need giant muscles like that. That's this. right. Oh, man. I, yeah, you know, I, I kind of thought The Rock for a little bit because he just would body slam everybody, but then, but that takes too long. Like Chuck Norris will just, you know, all yeah. of And The Rock's kind of a good actor, so his dialogue would take too long, too, you know? Yeah. Norris just yeah, the player, you, yeah. And he'd have to make his eyes at you, like, yeah. Yeah, that that's okay. that's almost as much of a landslide as Michael Jordan over LeBron. So this oh, new generation yeah. might say The Rock, but they're wrong. Uh, they are yes, they adamantly think that uh, he is the goat. But I'm like, no, Michael Jordan is and always will be because it's a different yeah. game of basketball now. Same with John. All, right. <laughs> All right, number four, last minute. You get sick and can't preach, but. You just learned. Yeah, that both, which staff member would you call? <laughs> just kidding. But you just learned that both David Platt and Tim Keller are on vacation in Destin and are both available. Who would you choose to preach in your place? Tim Keller. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Uh, well, I always like to have some more older season voices, yeah. you know, preach, fill our pulpit when we can. And uh, he would be great uh, as well. So... Yeah. yeah, they're both great, but I think I would choose Tim Keller more for, I mean, because I would love to hear him and I've heard David Platt plenty uh, and he's great, but um, we just, the practical side of me is like, we really have to stick to our times on Sunday I was thinking morning the same thing. Ministry, and we can't have David Platt preaching no. 65 minutes. No, no. it's not going to work. No, no. And Tim Keller would be like, I need to preach 40 minutes. Okay, I will be done in 39 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, um, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right, so here we go. It is now a perfect world. I bet I bet Keller's honorarium is smaller than Platt's too. <laughs> Probably so. Anyway, all right, right, move on, move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's a perfect world. The Cubs have made it to the World Series, and 
The Jaguars have made it to the Super Bowl in the same year. And in this scenario, they're actually being played on the same day because it's COVID, hurricanes, and other natural disasters. <laughs> you have different colors, clearly. You had to, like, call That's right. You have to, like... That's right. <laughs> Two different, very wealthy friends offer you tickets. One to the World Series Game 7, one to the Super Bowl. And you could only say yes to one because those are the rules. Yeah. Which one would you choose? I'm going to the Super Bowl because the, the Cubs have already won the World Series in 2016. Uh, um, and actually crazy. one of the biggest regrets, like one of the first world regrets in my life is that um, my friend and I were going to go oh. to game seven. But, it, you know, it was like $500 to fly there. And I think the ticket was like 800 bucks. So that's a lot of money, 1300 bucks. You know, he was going to take care of all the rest. But I had to come up with 1300 bucks. And I was yeah. like, no. Chrissy was like, you know what? That's fine. Like, if you really want to do it. And in hindsight, and I was like, I don't want to do that and then lose game seven, right? Right. So, I know that's like the practical side. I don't want to be why I didn't do that. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, the Jaguars have never been to the Super Bowl. And I want to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I, they're going to make it. They're going to, these next few years look, look promising. And, and I could probably reasonably at some point afford going to a game seven, but I can never, I, I literally could never afford going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's just so yeah. crazy. It is crazy. Well, cool. Well, there you go. Would you rather? So, all right. There you go. Those were good. Those were good. That was a good game. It's a good game. Yeah, yeah, especially there, so. for being sick. Well, hey, I, um, I hope you were better by Sunday. We're pre recording. Hey, I sound so much better today than I did yesterday. So, hopefully, not as much as tomorrow. So, I'm not, I'm not leading worship. And I'm not even, Paul sang during a sermon. I'm not even doing that. Man. Yeah, he did. People were like, why don't you do that? I know he sounded good, man. Yeah, he's got a great voice. That was, that hey, did was you good. get an update on his uh, his wife's mother-in-law? Yeah, she, she's she's doing well. That is a, okay. that's probably the most question most uh, asked question I've been I've received in the last. That's his wife's day. mother-in-law, his wife's mom, his mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's okay. Oh, yeah. That's well, good. yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, we look forward to next week, and hopefully, Justin and I will be in the Boggy Talk Studios. <laughs> that's right, coffee. Uh, yeah, yeah, coffee, feeling good. Yeah, hopefully I'm not I'm not sick, but thankfully we didn't record this together in the same room. And you would probably be sick by Sunday, yeah. yes. Yeah. So anyway, well, hey, we love you guys, and we're always here, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.